You want to get high, man? Let's stimulate your mind. Get up, Chucky! What have we got here? Fucking comedian. <laughs> Rojan Kim. Hello, and welcome to the Rojan Kim cast. It's me, Rojan Kim. Thank you so much for joining me this Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. Um, well, it's almost the end of the month. I hope everybody's been having a great month. Who's paying rent? Who's paying rent? Who's paying rent? A lot of you live at home, so lucky for you. You don't have to deal with that, I guess. Um, or you can work something out. Uh, I got to pay rent. I can actually pay rent, so yay for me. Um... Is it really worth it, though? I don't know. <laughs> like, should I be? Should I be? Should I be holding out? Because pretty soon, it's maybe no one can pay rent, and then I would have just thrown this money away, huh? Throw it. But by then, maybe money will be worth nothing. You know, money. <laughs> people will be wiping their asses with it because there's no toilet paper. <laughs> money is worthless, and uh, that could be as early as June, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could everything collapse in a matter of months? I mean, it could. I think, if anything, what this pandemic has taught me is that you just can't um, ever discount greed and incompetence. I feel like that's, you know, I think we're lucky that this isn't a bigger crisis. Oh, my God, if this was a bigger, like, if this was the type of virus that they had in those movies, like Outbreak or Contagion or a virus, you know, like a real killer, things that's just going around. You get it and you die in like a couple of days or like three days or you get it and you die. What if you get it and you die for sure, but in 14 days? So during that whole time, you're spreading it. That Everybody would die. I mean, everybody would be dead. But we're not having one of those. Yay. The kids. The kids are fine. The kids aren't dying. The kids are great. It's the old people. Old people, sick people, fatties. All over, day. you know, and and the unlucky. Some are unlucky. You know, it's not like it's not to say that it's your fault. <laughs> I'm gonna shame you for getting sick. Sick shaming. That's what we need. Not healthcare. More sickness shamed. We need a real eugenics resurgence, right? The fit and the strong. Let's get Darwinism. You know, socialism. Fuck that. Let's make it Darwinism, guys. Darwinism. That's what's going on here. I don't really know what I'm talking about. Um, Kim Jong Un is he dead? Is he a dead? Is he is he fit? He's not that fit. I don't know if he's surviving. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he's uh, Kim Yo Jong is definitely the skinnier one, skinnier, hotter one. She could put a little meat on the bones. You know what I mean? You could put a little. Just too skinny. It looks a little too skinny. You can see your bone, your bone, the bone structure, very strong bone structure. <laughs> The rest of this episode is me just kind of going down what I think of her looks. Uh, she could do a thing with her hair. I don't know, you know, and then she's like, that's just sexist. Who you don't do that with Kim Jong-un. But yeah, look at the guy. That, you know, I mean, if he was hotter, maybe I would be like, yeah, you could use a little, you know, maybe. Uh, maybe the hair. We could change up the hair. I mean, who am I to talk about hair? You know, I'm the last person who needs to talk about hair. I'm going to be shaving my hair off soon. Okay, pandemic is just. Pushing forward the inevitable, uh, which I think is good, you know, since we're not dying, which is also inevitable, since that it's not one of those cat and trips is, you know, one of those big old plagues that's just wiping everybody out. There's a lot of free time. People have a lot of free time. People are hanging out with their kids a little bit too much. People are going crazy more than they are getting sick. Not to say there aren't people getting sick. Yes, they are. But 
it's not like it's not the walking dead you know what i'm saying it's not zombie plague we're not being wiped out let's all get on the board with that right we can agree that we're not being wiped out <laughs> okay but what we can also agree on is that this has never happened before and probably doesn't look good for the economy and you know it's like what's the economy when it comes to health you know health is more but yes health is number one without healthy people you can't have an economy i I've, I've been saying it you know it's totally fine but now a couple months in what do, do we reassess do we just fucking double down that's that's the question do we just keep it's clear that there are vulnerable people and it's clear that we're not all getting sick and we're not all all is not overwhelming the healthcare system everywhere like it did in Italy. It's clear that we're not the same as Italy. I mean, it's clear that the data coming out of Italy shows that they had a preponderance of older people, a lot of old people, a lot of old people. They also had the fashion week. They also had a connection to China, you know, most favorite nation status with China. I mean, we do too, but, you know, they got a little thing going on with China, you know. So not quite the same. We got, we're a large country. It is spreading. Of course it is spreading, going through. But that, it's supposed to. It has to. It has to. You understand? The herd immunity thing is a real thing. I mean, I know a lot of people have made fun of it or whatever, but that is, it, that's the reason why we have a flu season. That's the reason why the diseases don't wipe us out like they used to because vaccination is literally giving us herd, herd immunity. I mean, that's what it is. It's either you get it through antibodies from getting it and then recovering or you use the vaccine to get it to a lot of people. Hence, vaccines. That's actually the past hundred years of history uh, of science there, so we don't have to go into that, right? I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not even interested anymore in the numbers. I get it. The numbers are all juked. We don't know what the numbers are. The deaths are what matter, because deaths, it's, it's hard to fake, except in China, where they got the urns and the cell phones you can try to count. You know, it's kind of up in the air. Um, but everywhere else, you know, yes, people are dying. But are they dying in such droves that we have to continue what we're doing? I don't know. I honestly don't know. But what I do know is, just like many others, uh, it's gotten me very interested in the economy, in markets, in money. And it's about time. I mean, I am over six figures in debt because of student loans, (laughs) because of (laughs) studying things like psychology and political science and film. Nothing that makes money things that help me understand the world and express myself, which is great. Isn't that great? Isn't that a beautiful? That's what's beautiful about America. But at the same time, I'm an abject failure in the Asian sense, right? I don't, I'm not in a STEM field. I'm not doing nothing to better society. What am I doing to better society? I'm just a leech, a leech sucking the blood off of the productive people. Your taxpayer money has helped fund this. And I <laughs> hope and what better time to understand <laughs> investing, trading, the markets? What better time than now, post-crash, during the pandemic time, right? Um, you know, and I think it just makes sense, you know, because of the last time, last financial crash, you know, the same thing happened. I got interested in the market. Well, the markets crashed. So then I'm like, what are these markets about? And then I got interested in the, in the Bitcoin. And then I got interested in, uh, I think I started trading stocks on Robinhood or E-Trade. All I know is that I lost money. I lost hundreds of dollars. Uh, mo- most of it, money that wasn't mine, it's was probably credit. Hundreds of dollars 
trying to play the markets and trying to buy stocks and trying to do this and that. And basically, I had no idea what I was doing. No clue. Which is not, I mean, that's something like 90%, right? 90% of people who enter the stock market or something, they, they all lose money. They all lose money. And if anything, it's for the people on the other side, the people who make money off of these people, it's a fucking windfall. Hooray. Keep it coming, right? Yeah, keep it coming. Um, so this time around, I decided, all right, last time I feel like, you know, it was kind of like gambling. I was just guessing, throwing money in, being like, it's going to go this way, it's going to go that way, and then it just it didn't, and then you lose the money. So this time I'm going to be like, all right, okay, what if I actually, like, studied it? Like, read a book. I'm going to read a book. So I read a book. I went on Amazon. I was like, all right, let's just type in trading, day trading, stocks, whatever. I found a book. It was just like, How to Make a Living, How to Make a Living Day Trading by Andrew Aziz. I read this book. Uh, it was okay. It was good. I mean, it was fine. It was actually, okay, it was good. It was my first book ever. It was good. It totally explained about, you know, it's actually about psychology and discipline. Trading is about psychology and discipline. You got to have a plan. You got to stick to the plan. You can't get overruled by the emotions that take place when there's money involved. Emotions that take place when the market is moving. And then you're like, ah, and you got to do what the market does. You gotta, so uh, I feel like uh, it was a good Actually, I recommend. Fuck it, I recommend it. It was like five bucks, three bucks. I don't know. It was less than a few bucks. It just gives you an overview. There's a lot of like technical stuff and like sort of like strategies and things he does with his computer keyboard, like his macros and how he like scales in and scales out of trades and stuff. And that stuff is like, I feel like it's not really. Uh, it might be interesting to you, but for me, that's not. I'm less interested in like the actual how and like what they do, but and more in the like whys, you know, like why do people do the things they do? Why do they? So the psychology thing is actually what really interested me, uh, the psychology aspect, having studied it, you know, the, the political aspect, geopolitics, how all that stuff, how that affects the markets, you know, how it's all interconnected. Uh, so I said, all right, fine, uh, look into this. Uh, I found out to trade stock. Well, I've traded stocks before. You know, and I'm like, is it time to enter the stock market? Because it seems so crazy. And I don't have money. What am I going to do? Also, I found out to day trade in America, you got to have 25 grand. That's what <laughs> you've got to have 25 grand in an account. I don't know. It's a law. I guess it's just so you don't get jacked. Um, or so they can jack you for at least 25 grand. I don't know what the, hey, I'm sure it's to protect me, average person. So whatever. 25 grand, man. So I was like, ah, oh, fuck. All right. Well. Can't do that. Though I did find a workaround. You can find there's <laughs> there's places all on the internet. They're based in places outside of the United States, and they're like, you know what? Give us your money. You don't need twenty five grand. What? You got a hundred? Give us a hundred dollars. That's fine. You can trade with a hundred dollars. Go ahead. Give us your hundred dollars. So I was like, all right. Uh, I don't think. Okay, maybe not stock market just yet, but. I am interested in geopolitics. I am interested in money. I'm interested. Uh, so, I, what about this whole forex thing? The foreign exchange, the old foreign. It's like money. It's just money trading back and forth. There's a whole market. It's a market that doesn't sleep. It's a market that doesn't care if you don't have twenty five grand. You can have a hundred dollars and come in this market. Come and jump in. Buy a nano lot of a euro U.S. dollar pair. Huh? You know what that is, don't you? You know how the market's moving. You know what's going to happen. The euro versus the dollar. What's stronger? Come on, get in there. Um, so I didn't jump in with money. I th- so this time around, I was like, all right, last time I jumped in knowing nothing with money. This time I learned you, uh, you can trade uh, simulated shit. You could simulated paper trades or whatever. It's fake money. 
online just to suck you in, I guess, but or to learn. I'm going to just assume that they have my best interests in mind, all these brokerages. <laughs> they don't want my money. They want me to learn so I can make money, and then we all make money together. Isn't that a great – isn't that what it's all about? Yeah. All right. So this time I was like, you know what? I'm going to keep reading. So after uh, intro to day trading or day trading for or whatever the fuck – I decided to check out uh, Baby Pips, babypips.com. I uh, got there through Reddit, and I realized I had started the Baby Pips course back in 2008 or whenever the fuck, 2011, whenever I was interested in the markets. And then I was like, ah, fuck it, after I lost a bunch of money. So I saw that I had taken like 20 of the fucking courses or whatever. So I just started over, started over, and I did the whole fucking thing, 200 some odd little lessons and quizzes and whatever about the fucking foreign exchange markets, technical analysis, all that. A lot of it, I realized, was kind of like the book, uh, Andrew Aziz's book, where there's a lot of good conceptual stuff about the market, a lot of good conceptual stuff about the crowd psychology, price behavior. But then after that, it was like a little bit more specific, you know, like talking about like Elliott waves and talking about like, you know, just it. All this sort of like technical analysis stuff, which on some level I get, I get, I understand. You want to look at the behavior. It's a way of uh, visualizing data. It's a way of like, you know, trend lines, candlesticks, like, you know, all these things. People are just looking and looking and looking and looking. But I think underlying all of that is psychology, right? It's psychology. And the thing about psychology is that confirmation bias is real. So the thing about drawing all these lines and the things and the whatever, I think is that like, you will will into existence what you want to see. Like, if you want to enough, your brain will concoct the justifications and we'll actually see it. You'll see it right there. The pattern's there. The pattern's there. You'll be convinced. You'll be like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so that's why I feel like the common theme that I'm noticing through all of this is um, psychology and price action. You know, and uh, and I'm learning. I guess volume is another good indicator. And there are certain indicators that I, I that I'm learning that are like okay, a little bit more objective that I can kind of use and kind of. But a lot of times they're sort of after the fact, which makes sense. They're sort of more trustworthy. So then you know, it's still a, a little bit of predicting. You know what I'm saying? It's still gambling in a sense. It's just an educated form of gambling. It's still a guess. Right, still guess based on how you're seeing the price move, how you're guessing. You know, people are going to behave, how the market seems to be behaving. But on the other hand, out of nowhere could come these giant, just injections of money or injections of sale, like giant thing moves, moves, and you can't even. You don't know. Are these individuals like me? Are these giant institutions? Are these algorithmic robots? Is this the Fed pumping money in? I don't know what the fuck is going on. I'm just a little guy. So that's the other thing you start noticing is that there's these waves, especially now. Super volatile time, right? Waves going up. People who have lost so much money in March, now they're making so much money now because it's a rally. And they'll probably lose more money again. You know, like as if, you know, this is kind of silly. Even me, just some guy. Uh, I just don't see how the market will just keep going up forever. It's got to go back down. I mean, it's it, have you, the reality is going to meet, you know, the... Uh, the expectation of the markets. And I understand, you know, in some ways, uh, I've been listening to Mad Money, of course. That's what you got to do. Yeah, you know, remember, listen, I made a joke there. I said, well, I'm at a crossroads between joining TikTok or subscribing to the Wall Street Journal. And I subscribed to the journal. 
Okay, I did it. It was a two dollar. It was a dollar for a month. No, dollar two dollars for two months, and then twenty bucks a month after that. But you know what? I subscribe to the journal, and I'll tell you why. It's not just because like I'm like oh, I'm a trader. I'm a Wall Street man. Uh, you know, I'm a trader, and I'm being said. You know, I don't. I still fucking have disdain for the news. Uh, but um, the reason I subscribed is because of Scott Horton. Okay. And if you don't know who Scott Horton is, I highly recommend you listen to his podcast, you follow him online, you go to antiwar.com or the Libertarian Institute, um, find his podcast because he interviews all sorts of people everywhere. He has, was right about Russiagate. He has been, you know, he's on, good taking on this uh, coronavirus thing and, you know, he's uh, very even and measured. Uh, sort of look at it. Even Ron Paul from the beginning has been like, he doesn't believe, you know, I don't believe in this shit. <laughs> it's like, it's just a, I don't believe in it. I don't believe it. it's not as dangerous. You know, Ron Paul, and he's not a kook. Ron Paul's a doctor. He's not a kook. You know, he's just trying to say, like, I think it's overblown. Scott Horton has been a little bit more. Um, Scott Horton loves Ron Paul. Scott Horton is a libertarian and is now sort of entering the, is trying to like help Jacob Hornberger or whatever candidate for the libertarian party. And I'm just, I'm just not a party guy. I'm just not a, I'm just, you know what I mean? I don't say, I don't go like I'm a libertarian, you know, just like, I don't feel like I'm a Democrat, you know, or I'm a Republican or I'm a, I'm a this or that. All of it seems very ridiculous to me um, as I think, a social nihilist? I don't know. I'm not really a true nihilist in the sense, but I don't believe in institutions. I think because mostly because mine have failed me, and so <laughs> so it's tough for me to believe in that. But I can understand a reliance on the individual because that is something that's happened. But I can also understand reliance or or at least institutional help. And I can also understand that it's not one or the other; it's both. Anyway, Scott Horton says, you know, he reads the Wall Street Journal not because because he's not a finance guy, but because he knows that the sort of um, editorializing, moralizing, the injection of emotion that's going on in uh, even like the New York Times. I mean, all the news. All the news is essentially editorialized now. All the news is essentially like, Trump is bad, Trump is bad, Trump, or I love Trump. Trump is bad. It's all phrased through the lens of some kind of conflict with Trump. And, and the Wall Street Journal, because the people who read it are mostly just like business people who just care, they don't really, they just care about money. Uh, there's less of that fuckery going on. I think you know, and he says he doesn't read at the editorial page, the opinion page, because they are mostly Republicans, and you know, it's a, a conservative magazine in that way, or paper in that way, and of course, economics is the underlying thing and all of it. But but you know what? They're less likely to add a lot of that bullshit in there because they don't want to bullshit the CEOs, the managers, the people who actually you know deal with the money. So because of that, I was like, all right. You know, Ramey subscribes to the Times. I subscribe to the Journal. That's like the mommy and daddy of newspapers coming out of New York. You know, fuck it. All right? Mommy's like, oh, my God, did you see? Did you see what the president did? And the journals is like, um, today we have to uh, make sure that the overall prices of meat uh, doesn't affect the economy in any way as people can't afford meat at the moment and there may be a, a nationwide shutdown of all the meat plants. So food rights may ensue. You know, so I think, you know, it's good. It's good. You need a little, you need both. You need both, you know, you need both like the yin yang, like the Tao, like the Tao de cha ching. Dao day cha-ching. All right. All right. So anyways, baby pips. Went through the whole thing. Forex. 
forever. But then one of the things I learned about Forex is that the brokerages, they make money off of both sides. They're actually betting against you. They make, you know, because there's these spreads and these pips and whatever. So they make money off of you losing. They, you know, it's, I mean, I guess they all do. They all do. But for some reason, for Forex brokerages, you know, they make a little more. They make a little more. Well, makes sense. You got to make yours too. But the thing is like, oh, that's what it is. It's like you're not actually trading the market in Forex. You're trading with the brokerage. Uh, it's a weird thing. So it's like the brokerage is like a proxy for trading with the market. So it's actually the brokerage is it's in their favor to juke the market to fuck you. You know what I mean? Because they're like a stop. They're like the place before the market, the exchange that you go through. So in ways it's like you're kind of like, playing a losing game right you're playing at a casino and the casino is for sure rigged and the longer you play the longer you'll lose but you know they're perfectly uh profitable traders trading the forex markets you just gotta trade in a way where you make more than the cost right and in all trading in all anything that's the point right you gotta you can't let the cost of you doing business outweigh the profit you're supposed to make which led me to where am i now futures now i'm looking at the future <laughs> because well one of the things i noticed is um i would actually be right about some of my predictions i'd actually be right using the technical analysis or using the price action stuff using some of the stuff that i felt like all right this this kind of makes sense to me i would be right about it but what i noticed is i would always be a little bit too soon i was right about what i thought would happen but not until other shit would happen and then it would happen but maybe that that makes sense because if you think about it from a crowd psychology perspective everybody's thinking the same thing is going to happen so there's going to be a contingent of people who are like betting on the opposite just so they can make money both ways right you like people are expecting the price of something to go up right so they're like fuck it let's fucking push it down because we know it's going to go up anyway so you make money shorting it going down and then you know it's going to go up and you buy when it's low and you say ah, ah. you know so there's uh, people trying to manipulate things like that all the time um but it's just psych psychological it makes sense in the, you know it makes sense in that in that way right um so i decided okay futures the other reason i decided to do futures is i, I found a uh a, i found that there's like these places that like let you simulate trade for them and then if you do well they might fund you or something give you money could be a big scam i don't know uh, i'm not even good enough to put any money in so that's you know i'm a bit far away from that until i can basically until i can be profitable um you know trading on paper i don't think i'm gonna really try to do anything with real money and when i do real money i'll probably start with like 200 bucks you know and then then we'll go from there we'll see right so this is no way a, a job this is no way an income thing for me this is in fact probably more a waste of time and money <laughs> but i think but i'd say hey is interesting. It's interesting to me, right? All right. I mean, last time, 2008, I had way more money. I had a lot of credit. Oh, so much credit. Over 10 grand, 20 grand, 30 grand in credit. Ah, I had a lot of credit, a lot of money. It was great. High on the hog before the crash. This time, I'm Kim Jong undercapitalized. <laughs> I have no. It's one of the big things that happens to beginning traders is that they don't have a lot of money and then you get wiped out. It's easy to get wiped out, you know? easy to get wiped out with big moves you don't have enough money to sustain the moves of the market yeah so anyways speaking of the journal and speaking of trading saw this article about how 
newbies for the first time are coming into the market in droves, especially because of things like Robinhood, uh, you know, things that make it super easy to trade online and also E-Trade, Robinhood, all those places have been doing zero commissions. No commissions, so come on in. Trade for free. Come on in. So basically that happened, you know, um, and I thought it was... <laughs> This is a thing from the. It says research has shown frequent trading isn't good for investors. On average, when individual investors are actively buying and selling stocks, they tend to make poor decisions. Said Terence O'Dean, a finance professor at the University of California, Berkeley. Gebers. Mr. O'Dean worries that free trades could encourage risky trading by novices. Boy, does it! Boy, does it! Right. Uh, which is great for these brokerages, which is great for them. Woo! Woo! Make that money, everybody! Make that money! But it's a time... So, you know, when I say I'm some kind of brilliant genius, it's like everybody's getting interested in the market because of how volatile it is, because we've, this has never happened before. Is the economy going to crash? We don't know. Plus, there's no sports. There's no sports, guys. There's no sports. You know? So you got this whole thing about zero commissions, right? You got tons of volatility right you got more time which means more time for trading which means more losses more losses yeah take that money the house always wins um even if you simulate trade like me even if you're playing with paper money eventually you're gonna get the itch eventually and it remains to be seen because people, I see them saying online you know trade with paper money but it isn't real until you trade with you know, real money. So $100,000 in paper trading is nothing, you know, compared to $100 in real trading. And I get that because when real money's on the line, that's when it gets real emotional, right? Uh, you know, a lot of books say don't even look at how much money you're making. Don't even, like, cover it or get rid of it. Get rid of the po profit and loss fucking column. Don't look at the money because the money is what's going to start hitting that limbic brain. You know, you got to be more cold. You have to be more cold, more calculating, more Asian. <laughs> more Asian. Um, and speaking of Asian, there is an interesting thing about, you know, I mentioned before about the way, right? The Tao, the way, you know, Miyamoto Musashi, uh, Lao Tzu, or is that his name? Fuck. Who's the guy who invented no Taoism? Is it Lao Tzu? Is it him? I don't know. Whoever that guy is. The way, right? You see it in all things. You're, and for me, that way is psychology. Not just like, I mean, I guess it's just the push and pull between, if I want to be a little more uh, verbose about it, um, it's psychology and crowd psychology is actually the sort of embodiment of this, but it's also, uh, which is the sort of instinctual animalistic psychology that we all possess as individuals, you know? And I found that I've had some time to think about it and now looking at all of it, I can see the way it works itself through in these concentric circles, starting at the individual and coming outward. So at the individual level for me, I learned about this kind of psychology through jujitsu, right? That sort of animal limbic brain psychology where you have like intellectual, you know, where you understand that as much as you think that you can do this or you can do that and your intelligence is sort of like telling you, hey, uh, you know, I would, if somebody did this to me, I'd do that. Uh, jujitsu was the first time I realized that none of that matters. Does it matter? It's not. If you don't know jujitsu, you got your fucked. Or you're against the guy who does. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you think and this and that. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And then there's a um, 
real shock to the system because of that. Real blow to the ego. Oh, God. Oh, God, it doesn't matter. None of it matters. Why does anything matter at all? Well, maybe none of this is... Maybe I... My whole life is a sham now. You know, you really question yourself. You question your abilities. You question your strength as a man. You question, you know, you question everything. And luckily, I think maybe I was um, given a bit of a a cushion from psychedelics. You know, good thing I did those drugs since I was 16. Yeah. Um, so having had a lot of psychedelic experiences, I think, smoking a lot of weed, uh, you know, getting my mind blown, um, experiencing ego loss. Understanding that, oh, what I thought and what I think are actually just constructs, structures, and they can be broken, broken down. And when they're broken down, oh my God, <laughs> things are different. Um, that sort of, I think, maybe those pathways were put in by psychedelics. So jujitsu was psychedelic in that way, you know? This is just like, oh, you, and it's a kind of a form of humility where you just like, you have to give yourself to the art. And you say, like, okay, I don't know shit. I gotta learn this art. Like, that's what I had to learn that, you know, and then once you start learning the art, you get better and better. And uh, you might not beat guys who used to beat, but you start beating guys who don't, you know, you start beating guys like you were getting beaten up when you first came in. You know, you start beating up newbies and stuff, you know, start beating, you're like, okay, I'm getting this. I'm getting this. And then you realize, I don't get it at all. You know, like, yeah, and then it's a back and forth, you know. So at the individual level, I feel like you sort of learn that limbic psychology, right? Lizard psychology, monkey psychology, right? That's our pre-cortex psychology. The next time, for me, I feel like, uh, was comedy. Comedy, now we're dealing with crowd psychology. You know, we're dealing with multiple people. You're dealing with sort of anonymity. You know, they're dark. You're light. It's you. They see you. They see your face, and it's you and your voice, and it's me. It's me, guys. It's me. I can't see them. I mean, I can usually, but I can't see all of them, and they disappear because they become one of many, right? And it's my job to tame this crowd. It's my job not only to tame it, but to entertain it, right? Um, tame, entertain, make them laugh. Right, I'm supposed to do that in like three minutes, five minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. You know, whatever it is, I gotta do it. I gotta do it. You know, and there's a, so it's this push and pull. This is that. And I, a lot of ideas came out of that from my experience. You know, one of the things I realized it's like you have to approach a crowd like a cat, but you gotta lead them like a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's sort of a weird push pull. So you can't just come out there and be like, ah, come out there. You know, I mean, you can. You can. That'll freak them out. You have to understand you're doing that. But the crowds at first have a... There's the uncertainty. So uncertainty makes people scared, right? Even though they don't know it. It's And I uh, think of it like jumping into a cab in New York, right? Whenever you, I jumped into a cab, it'd be like immediately... I'm like, ah, shit, what kind of driver is this? And then you get a sense of it in 30 seconds, and you're like, ah, this color is the ride. You know what I mean? He's going to start talking to you. He's going to start swerving. He's going to stink. Is he going to... You know, whatever. Whatever. That, that happens when you just step on a stage, ladies and gentlemen, you know, please welcome to the stage, Roger K. And I'm like, hey, guys. And as soon as you do that, everybody's looking. There's an instantaneous thing going on in, in the split second, all right? It's all going on. And then it's nothing intellectual. It's all psychological. And from there, now I have to wield this. If I can gain, if I can gain their uh, acceptance like a wolf, like a wolf in the wild who decides to let you pet it, right? Let you climb on top, you know? Take me for a ride. You know, like the, the, the crowd is now in your hands and they're hoping, upon hope, hopefully with laughs, that they're in good hands, right? Um, so that's, that's, you know. And I started uh, comedy and jujitsu at the same time, you know? And, uh, and I can tell you that they're both very similar in that I suck at both. <laughs> <laughs> I suck at both. All right. Um, and then finally, 
with the markets. It's the same thing. Um, psychology. It's mass psychology. Now there's psychology on a mass level. And now, especially with trading, it's like you, the individual, loan anonymous individual versus the masses, the whales out there, the big old, and then what do you do? So, you know, this point, much different from comedy. With comedy, I have some semblance of control. They're giving it to me. I mean, at any moment, they could tear me apart or hate me, but I'm sort of riding that wave, right? Riding that tension. This is way different because there's no, they don't, the market doesn't care about me. The market doesn't care. I, I can maybe, I can bet against it. I could bet with it. I could ride it. I could do it, you know, whatever, but it doesn't, what I have to do is, uh, give myself it's basically not about me in fact all this stuff about um revenge trading emotional trading you know not having a plan not say you know this sort of you relying on the monkey in the limbic brain to trade which leads to losses that's all part and parcel of all these things right the the sort of like trying to understand what it means to be an individual that's also part of a crowd right is it different from comedy i don't distinguish myself from the crowd i am the crowd i am the crowd but is, is it me versus the crowd like what you know what i mean like it's it's an interesting place where it's like i am an individual and i'm not an individual and in every uh instance of these concentric circles from martial arts to comedy to trading going outward and outward you can see the theme running through it, the way, the Tao, if you will, right, is um, is psychology. It's not just psychology, but it's also the instu- um, hmm, instinctual psychology, the push and pull between the ego and the id, uh, you know, if you want to use Freudian terms. I do. Fuck you. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why I said it. Um, so anyways, I guess now what I've done trading markets is i've added a third discipline that i can be terrible at which hey i've got the time just like all these other people and at least you know what i'm not throwing money in just yet so you know i i'll wait till i have some money to throw some in but listen i was i was just about getting interested in shooting guns and and shooting bows and arrows and hunting can't do that so i a lot of that stuff's been diverted into the markets um learning about the markets so i'm doing that great great for me um, I think in some ways, one of the things I have missed in my life as a comedian is a good business sense. So I'm hoping that this might instill something uh, into me in terms of, you know, if my comedy career starts taking off and I start, I have to learn how to fucking make money and fucking sell tickets and I got to learn all that, right? There's a good chance I'll blow it all on cocaine and the stock market. That'll be awesome, too. I just start doing rails and betting stocks. But I got to make money in the first place. So anyways, you know, that's that's the whole thing. Money. Who's going to be able to eat it? You know, here's the thing. When there's food riots, money is is not going to be worth shit. Gold isn't either. Money, honestly, the toilet paper. Yeah, people are saying toilet paper is going to be worth a lot. Dude, money will become toilet paper. I think I just said that. I think I said that earlier. So what do I do? How to make more money in this environment, in this uh, sort of uncertain environment where who knows? We don't know. One in five restaurants are supposed to close. Who knows what's going to happen to small businesses? People aren't getting their stimulus money. It's not enough. It's just not enough. Um, so I feel like what if what if I should 
maybe I should just pivot. Maybe now's the time for me to become one of these like finance personalities. You know what I mean? There's a huge, there's a huge market out there of people trading, learning to trade. I could be like, it's me. Instead of the original Kim Cassidy, I start doing like, get new trader academy, new trading times, new trader podcast with Rojan Kim. And I'll be like, hello everybody. Today I'm diving into the Forex market to trade the Australian dollar Japanese yen pair. Uh, the Australian dollar Japanese yen pair is known to correlate with the S&P 500. And today we see the S&P 500 is going to, you know, so that could be me. That could be me, guys. That could be me. And I could be making tons of money. I could be making way more money than I'm making now with you. Well, I, you guys are great. I, I'm not going to, you know, what? you guys are there. I can't, I can't do that to you guys. I can't fucking talk shit about you. You guys have been there. What if I should be, what if I was like Asian Kramer? Should I become like mad money? Do like sad money? Like, ah, hi, I'm, I'm Kramer. I would, ooh, what if I called myself uh, 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 Jim Kramer? Kim, Kim Dramer. Hi, I'm Kim Dramer. Other people want to make friends. I want to make you money, but I keep losing money. I don't know why. Bye, sell. What's that? All right, it, it's time for the lightning round. Bye, bye, sell. Bye, sell. Come on, tell me that. Hi, 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 Kim. Booyah from out in Tennessee. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, Tennessee. I love Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee Williams. That's what I love. I got to be crazy this whole time. I have nobody. All right. Um, I don't know if I can sustain that uh, Asian Kramer thing. Maybe I should go on TikTok and do stocks on tick stock tips on tip TikTok tip talk stock tips tip stock tips tip stocks stock tips tip stocks <laughs> stick stocks stonks stick stonks where I give and trade and I'll do funny dance. I find do a little funny dance and then I go Netflix bye. Aurora cannabis buy like you know um only buys only buys no short selling no short selling. <laughs> meanwhile it, privately i short sell all the stocks that i recommend because i am pumping them up you know i would use my power as a public figure to pump up the stocks then strategically short sell them right then I make so much money. Is that what you're doing, Kramer? So I know you're scam, Kramer. Why did you? F- you could have seen the housing crash coming. You didn't even say. What are you not saying? All right. Um. I, <laughs> whatever. He's fine. He's fine. I'm listening to Jim Kramer now. Okay. That's what's become. I'm turning into my dad. I can't tell. He's never around. I think I'm turning into what I think my dad is. <laughs> like, this is just not around. Um. If my dad was a good dad, this is what he'd be like, and I, that's what I'm turning into. I feel like that's the best I can do. That's the best I can do. What am I going to do? Just fucking keep drinking and do a lot more blow and lose all my money because daddy's not around? Fuck you, daddy. And then I trade against daddy in the market. See, that's the other thing about the cryopsychology. psychology. Well, I'll leave you guys with this. All right. Um, mommy and daddy. Mommy and daddy. Just like Freud said, just like everybody else is saying, just like I'm saying right now. Mommy and daddy, dude. I don't know why I'm turning into Bill Burr. It's all about mommy and daddy, dude. All this crowd psychology, that's fucking mommy and daddy. Ah, it's fucking brutal, right? Yeah, it's a fucking, it's your fucking mom. What'd she fucking do? Did she fuck you up? Would you fucking look at her feet one time? You had a boner, you know? That's fucking, and your fucking dad comes and says, hey, what the fuck you doing? And fucking, let me stick you through that fucking wall. All right, um, that's a weird, I don't know what, 
<laughs> Bill Burr stock advice. Get fucking buy. You fucking buy. All right. Fucking oil. You better get the fuck out of oil, okay? Oil's fucking brutal. Don't fucking, don't fuck with oil. Listen, they got fucking tankers out there. Tankers filled with fucking oil. No one can fucking buy them. They're going into the negative. It's the fucking futures. The futures are fucking negative. All right. Um, I, I feel like maybe there is something there. <laughs> maybe there is something here. Maybe this is, I am losing out on a giant opportunity to make tons of money. I feel honestly the best thing I could do is go super pro Trump and just get on Fox News and just be like, you know, you know what America needs right now is America first policies. You know, I'm a firstborn Korean American citizen. Okay, the United States went to war with North Korea and rescued South Korea because it's communism versus capitalism, and I am capitalism all the way. We have a lot to learn from South Korea, okay? The way they're handling this coronavirus. You know, that, um, God, I could make a lot of money doing that. But it's not about money. If I cared about money, I would have a lot of money, and I would not be doing a podcast that makes no money. Uh, or do comedy that definitely makes no money. <laughs> I would not do any of these things. I mean, you know, why, why would I do that? Or even trade, where I'm definitely going to lose money. Um, so there's no reason for me to do any of that. The real reason is that the action is the juice. Remember that, guys. The action is the juice. That's all we got now, okay? That's all we got in these times. Volatile times. The juice. Um, so thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Rojan Kimcast. Thank you for joining me this April 29th, 2020. This has been episode 156. I don't know what to call it yet. Maybe the Dow of the Dow of Cha-Ching, the Dao de Cha-Ching, the Dao of Downs. These are all sample titles. One of these will stick. Louder with Crowd Dao. Eh, no. <laughs> all right. But follow me on Instagram, Twitter. You know the rest. Spotter. Spotter? Switch it? Switchify? Oh, my God. What am I saying? Whatever the, they're out there. The podcast place. Podcast. I can't talk anymore. Goodbye.